welcome aboard, whether by misfortune, accident, or on purpose, you've arrived at Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people and assist them into exploding into their life through full impact mindfulness. If you've been spending your time wishing, hoping, and waiting for something to happen, perhaps we can just push you just a little bit, a gentle shove, into actually making choices and participating in your life. Good day, my friends. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and today, as always, uh, running the show is our good friend, uh, co-producer and co-host of this program, uh, Mr. Mike. And as always, and we promise, we uh, have an eclectic roster of guests, and at times we like to bring our guests back to uh, perhaps catch us up a little bit of, of their life. And today we're joined by one of our favorite people on the planet, and that would be uh, Ms. Joanna Lowe of Acting and Performance Artist fame. Ms. Joanna, <laughs> welcome aboard. Thank you. It's great to be back. So, uh, in our past episodes, what we've discussed was your life journey, your participation as an actress, your heartfelt spoken word, uh, soliloquies often accompanied to music, which are absolutely beautiful. Uh, we have a link to that on our website, and you talk a whole lot about unrequented love, broken hearts, and which many people can relate to. So would you bring us up to date a little bit and tell us what's in your life right now? Uh, that's a big question, what I'm doing with my life in this moment. Well, um, I, am, I am pursuing art and also working my tail off at, at the same time, which is you know, I wouldn't say it's balanced. It doesn't feel balanced, but um, I, I am working four jobs, which is probably three too many, but it is paying the bills. And that is something that I finally uh, feel a little bit in control of where it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared all the time, which is wonderful. So I, I feel like I have, I have that. Um, and at the same time, whether it's taking up most of my time or whether I'm shoehorning it in, I always have to be doing art or else I, uh, there's not really the point to all of the work in the world without, without the art to go along with it. So the words that I hear you saying, and I hope everyone out there hears <laughs> saying, is gaining some control. And gaining some control means reduction in fear. Yes, Absolutely. Fear of? Uh, fear of, well, the, 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 the bills. Uh, as, as I take, take a trepidatious moment to approach the, the, the bills, I feel like I need one of those movie dun-dun-dun. Well, it's great. It's great when people throw out quotes and all these type of platitudes and talk about mindfulness and just saying go with the flow live aimlessly, uh, discover what doesn't matter. However, Joanna, you can't put enough good intentions or wonderful thoughts in an envelope to pay your electric bill. The electric company seems to not have much of a sense of humor about that. They really that. don't. I've, I've tried, I've tried, you know, exchanging, like, would you like a story in exchange for 
this month's electricity, and they don't seem to go for that. I don't know why. We often talk about, on this show, we often talk about disconnecting to connect, and that doesn't mean necessarily cutting your cable. Uh, What that means is there's so many things in life that perhaps in the past we thought were important, and when we really and truly figure out what is important, we find that they're not. Tell us about that in your life. Uh, That's something I still very much agree with. I never got cable. I've lived in the same place for seven years now. I never got cable because I thought it would be, it's too easy to walk in, turn on the TV and have this constant mania. My, my daughter is of the generation where it's just a, a screen in front all the time, whether it's TV, whether it's video game on the phone, whether it's both at the same time. And I have to, we like, no, pick one screen right now. And I, and I tell her in the same way that I feel, um, and I know our brains are different and we're wired differently and generations get developed differently, but I, I let her know when you are doing too many things at the same time, you're not doing any one thing well. And I know preaching, you know, pot kettle, uh, however, that I feel the jobs that I'm doing are, um, ones that, Ones that I, if I'm not passionate about, they're things that don't fill me with dread. And when I worked at jobs that they stole my time, our most valuable commodity, they made me dread the next day. So they didn't just steal my moment. They didn't just steal my day. They stole my tomorrow and my next week and, and took the happiness from my yesterday. And I decided that I would never work a job again that I hated. They might not make the most money. They might not, but I don't dislike my life. I can go to my jobs going, I feel good about today. I feel good about the student that I helped. I feel good about what I did with my body today. I feel healthier. And um, being in that mindset and not being afraid that my electricity is going to get turned off, that I have to find some way of getting money for rent so that we can keep living in a house that I love. Um, also, of course, puts me in a better mindset to pursue art. So I'm not pursuing art out of desperation, but intention. So you've spoken a whole lot about but You've really encapsulated our philosophy in our show and uh, what you just said. I like to think that I agree with you, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're talking about time, we're talking about being our most valuable asset, our most valuable currency. And when we talk about mindfulness, we're talking about spending it and being mindful about how we spend that time. Yes. So so who, who are some of your heroes, Joanna? Who are some of the, who's a person that you greatly admire? Oh my, I, um, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I have people that I absolutely, that, that I love, that I realize are little voices in my head where I'm like, if I do this, this will, this will please them. If I do this, I hope to make so-and-so proud. Let's not talk about the people that you think that you're going to make your decisions on how their perception of them. Uh, let's talk about maybe an historical figure or somebody that you admired from the past or who, who had virtues and uh, behaviors that you admired. Braveheart. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. So that person, 
obviously accomplished much. Uh, however, how many hours a day did that person have? Same as us. Same as the same as us. Yeah. Okay. Do you often wonder how somebody gets so much done, and we have the same amount of t- time, and we seem to get done so little? Yes, I do. Constantly. And we talk about one thing mindfully at a time. And I particularly like what you said about when I go there to this job, I have some passion. I feel like I'm appreciated. I feel like I'm contributing. However, if I go someplace that sucks my energy, then it's not only stealing today, it's stealing my tomorrow. Yeah. Can you say more about that? That's beautifully phrased. Thank you very much. I, uh, I, I remember it was it was the same thing with uh, with track practice in high school. I had to come back to my relationship with Reading, which I love now. But in high school, I would be sitting in school dreading track practice, dreading track practice. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Then, of course, I'd be miserable during practice. But then it wasn't done there. I was thinking about the next day. And so... I don't remember my classes. I don't remember that. And and when you are looking through your life through a filter of dread or a filter of fear or a fil- filter of I don't want to, then you're you're not enjoying any part and it's poisoning all of it. And you, what you're talking about is quite often what you and I've discussed in the past about living a life using those self-defeating words such as I have to, I need to, I must, I mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And not only do we say those to ourselves, I believe that we're constantly having those sentiments reinforced, reinforced. by others. Yes, absolutely. How do you deal with that? Uh, Joanna, you have to get a real job. Joanna, you know that these things aren't going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Um, Joanna, when are you going to grow up? Never. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... And I and I have gotten that. Thankfully, not from not from my parents, not from some really important supports in my life. But uh, I'm stubborn as hell, uh, and I don't like being told what to do. And I make sure that people don't tell me what to do. Now, that also puts me on 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 a a different perhaps unhealthy spiral, depending on the circumstance where I'm like, ha I will do this just to spite you. But I firmly believe in, in my choices and I've, I've vetted them through, through people that, that I trust that support my heart, that support my spirit. And, and I check back and there are times when other people have no idea why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I know that that's the that really is. It's protecting my spirit. So Protecting um, yourself. Yeah. A well-tended flower blooms, Joanna. And we've often talked about the words I choose being the most powerful mm. in mm-hmm. your vocabulary. And I choose every day to live jobs that I look forward to. So you're talking about being stubborn, okay? Yes. Uh, sometimes when I think of stubborn, I think of being willful. Yeah. I think of you as being more determined. Thank you. So could oh. you, how about, you're a wordsmith. Could you, <laughs> could you maybe talk Distinguish to, talk to folks? Yes, please. Willful to me sounds childish. It sounds thoughtless. It sounds reactive. And most people, every human is generally 
reactive. We respond to, to things. We act on a response instead of being aware and making those choices and being determined. I have in my my guts that seed of truth, that seed of this is the thing that I need to pursue. This is the thing that I need to hold on to with the last piece of that willpower. And and I don't let go of it. And I and I find ways. I've found ways to plant the seed. And sometimes I've found ways that I don't realize are near miraculous until I look back at my life and think, I can't believe that I did that. Um, and so the determination is clinging to that, that joy uh, in, in the, the face of the best and the worst. And willful feels like a kid stomping its foot. So when you're dealing with individuals out there, the individuals that watch the show, I'm hoping, and a lot of them have low self-concept, low self-esteem, and they're thinking, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, it's easy for you to say, uh, you're an accomplished uh, artist, you're a performing artist, you've done all all of these things, and I'm sitting here, I'm afraid to come out of my room. Uh, So how do you, what we like to talk about in the show is actually taking the steps to show you precisely how you got you where you are mm-hmm. today. Uh, they are by tiny. I, I, I can appreciate that when, when you look at somebody who already appears to be on a platform that is unattainable from where your circumstances are, but they are tiny little, tiny little actions. And instead of saying, well, I want to be on TV someday, make, give yourself a bar that is accomplishable. And so that at the end of the day, you can say, I sent a text to a friend who also is interested in this. I started reading a book on the subject of the thing that I'm interested in. I made a video on my phone of myself reading a poem and maybe I'll share it with a friend. Maybe I'll put it on Facebook. And those are that last one was if you're in a, position of paralysis that seems a little brave, but they are tiny steps and they are accomplishable. If you say, I'm going to sell my house today and you don't, you feel like a failure at the end. But if you say, I'm going to take out the trash today and you do that, and then you realize there's more room on your list for more accomplishments than there are failures. And I realize that success isn't about setting the bar so high, you can go, I can do this. So I will. I can do this. So I will. I want that, but I can do this. And to see, it's amazing how the rungs of the ladder will keep appearing in front of you and how high you can actually get. So what you're talking about is setting achievable goals, doing them, recognizing that you've done them, and move on. So Adding, adding a little bit of structure and organization in your life certainly works. And this is an old 12-step trick when we want to get somebody into some type of rhythm of their life. One of the first things we ask them to do is make their bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. It seems ridiculous. It does. Well, this is how you're going to start me out? You're going to ask me to make my bed. Well, how many people out there actually do make their beds in the morning? So I'm going to challenge everyone out there. No matter how ridiculous or childish or cheesy this may sound, start making your bed in the morning. 
you'll have a sense of accomplishment. When you come home, you'll see it done. So what are some of the things, what are some of the things that you started off with? You just didn't hatch into a performance artist. No, I did not. Um, my, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but falling into spoken word was a, a dramatic accident. I still feel like I fell down the stairs and there was a crowd of people at the bottom going, beautiful, beautiful, do that again, do that again. And I was like, uh, you, <laughs> and, and so for a while I, I kept trying to recreate that, like, you mean fall like this? And until the art form became familiar to me and until I could figure out how to do that fall, how to make that most effective, it, it felt like an, a, a controlled accident. A controlled accident. Very nice. So Bob Ross has a saying, there are no mistakes, just happy accidents. Mm. Uh, and again, we we find out what doesn't work. Uh, you were talking earlier, Joanna, about dealing with fear. And there's a, we don't, we do use some quotes on this show. There's one by Georgia Dare that says, everything that you want is on the other side of fear. Mm. So fear of economic insecurity, fear of being on stage, being a performer, yeah. fear of being a mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> so talk, talk to us about some of the fears in your life and how you actually had the courage to face them. Well, it was, it's a, a story of fear that actually got me into spoken word in the first place. Um, I, I allowed someone because nobody makes us feel a certain way. We allow people to make us feel a certain way. Could you say that again? Nobody makes us feel a certain way. We allow them to make us feel a certain way. Wonderful. And again, that's a choice. Great, Joanna. Yeah. And I allowed somebody to make me feel very small, disposable, worthless and stupid. And instead of crawling under a rock, which is the normal human response, you feel that way and you want to hide, you want to protect, you want to heal, you want to scrape together your dignity. I decided to, I wanted to take control over something. And that's how I've approached my fear since then. Um, I, I still don't know what, and I thank God, that I did, but I don't know what the switch was. But instead of crawling under a rock and disappearing, I decided to take control. And on the biggest night of the year, which I didn't even consciously, I didn't do on purpose, but on the biggest night of the year at um, the best open mic in the city with some of the best musicians in the city and, you know, beyond, I decided to read one of my own works. And it was so scary that I had, uh, I had, I had quite a bit of liquid courage, a lot. And even so, I had to be dragged onto stage. Now, this is after I've been I've been acting on stage since I was in seventh grade. I have been writing since I was in fifth grade. Poetry is my first love. But I still had to be dragged on stage in order to do that. It was terrifying. But I had a friend at my side 
who wouldn't let me back out. And I am very thankful for him. But something wanted me to be on that stage and to take control. And I did. And I did that performance. And I was so scared that I only remember getting on stage and sort of coming to halfway through the performance. I jumped out of the plane. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, I was aware of everybody. I was aware of the microphone in front of me. I was aware of the band waiting for me to start again. And and then the entire community said, this is what you do, and you're not allowed to stop. And so I had an entire community of artists, and I know that this is not everybody's circumstance. This isn't most people's circumstance. But I had an entire community disagreeing with the fear in my head, the one that said, you have no right to do this. You haven't done this before. You don't have training in this particular art. You don't have, and I kept trying to pull back. I kept trying to disappear. I kept trying to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I don't know what I'm doing. And this entire community kept pushing me onto the stage. And because I cared about their opinions more than I cared about my own worth, I kept going up on stage. So what you're saying is this community gave you the encouragement and support and perhaps uh, overshadowed or even overshouted the committee inside of your head. Mm -hmm. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, Click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.